Welcome to the Mile High Podcast. We are your guides through sordid tales of pop culture, drugs, and saying the word fuck a lot. Our show is best experienced under the influence of cannabis. So now is your cue to light up. Now remember, drugs are dangerous, so please don't hurt yourself or your loved ones. But do subscribe. Hello, everybody. My name is James Thomas. Thank you so much for showing up with me. As always, is my friend Dave. Dave, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on, guys? It's been a minute since we've been on here. Missed yeah, you. yeah. It's it's been about a month. The uh, the ladies did an episode earlier this week, and uh, so they were out there, and that was a great show. A really great show. And it was, uh, I think what I got most out of it was just the, the different perspectives on uh, women going up through uh, pop culture and uh, like the, the different perspectives. Like, I love having uh, Nancy on the show because she gives us that female perspective, but like hearing a lot of different perspectives on pop culture from the female uh, perspective, I think that was really great. Yeah, no, I thought it was really good. Uh, Dave, are you going to be able to monitor the Facebook page? I am currently on the Facebook page. So if you are on and you're watching, please, by all means, uh, chime in. Especially in today's show is all about uh, growing up here in Aurora. So if you uh, grew up with us or if you grew up in Colorado or any kind of suburb, you know, feel free to chime in because uh, we'd love to hear your comments and hear some of your stories. So it looks like we are successfully, we were wondering, we are across all of our platforms again. We're across like a lot of platforms right now. Nice. So, um, Hello, right. TGTS. Yeah. I want to give a special shout out to The Greatest Talk Show. Hello. Check out The Greatest Talk Show. Yeah, there's, there's great stuff to check out. No, I, we went across all our platforms, so that's amazing. Um, so yeah, as, as you all notice, it's just Dave and I here tonight because... We want to tell you the story of Truckee Pacific because Truckee Pacific, basically, it, the reason we named it is the name of our streets. Dave lived on Truckee, I lived on Pacific. My house was literally the first house on Pacific Place. So the one directly to my left, the left of me, our, my friend Teresa's, was Truckee. A lot of our friends ended up on Truckee. A lot of our friends lived on Pacific. And so we're going to go deep into that story. I want to kind of set it up now. We're, we're going to start off our show like we normally do, about what we're smoking and everything. But this isn't in Dave's outline, but I'm James, and we would be amiss if I did not start off with, we're going to talk about Splash Mountain. And I'm going to tie it in, uh, I'm going to tie it in to Truckee Pacific. Can you tell us where you are located at right now, for those who of our, that are watching that don't really know where you're located at right now? So I am uh, filming live from the Rangeview High School Auditorium. Uh, it's happening live, as you can see. The people behind me were nice enough to freeze in place. <laughs> they should do it the entire hour. We paid them ten dollars to not move once for right. the next hour and a half. So it's a little nice doll. Thing. Yeah, it's a little doll and muted in the background. Like I live in a world where things are maddy, apparently. But yeah, no, this is the high school auditorium where Dave and I went to school, and uh, I performed a lot of things on the stage oh before that before we talk about splash mountain we're gonna go to splash mountain but dave you had a special shout out you wanted to i do have a special shout out it is my parents 49th wedding anniversary 
So I want to give a special shout out. And if yeah. I can, I need to pull up this amazing image of them. If I can find it, I uh, downloaded a bunch of pictures because I love to change my, my backgrounds. Uh, right now I have uh, Elijah McLean. Uh, you know, we can talk about him a little bit later. But here are my parents. Let me move. Look at that. They're, look how fucking young they uh, are. 49. Mom looks a lot like your, your mom looks a lot like uh, what I, uh, your sister did growing up. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? Like, that's, that's crazy. And my dad looks um, like he could be in the Beatles or something. He does. He definitely has that, that decade-defining haircut. Yeah, it's called a bowl cut, I think. Yeah, yeah. Bowl cuts are definitely the way to go. Um, <laughs> so, but happy anniversary. Yeah. Yes, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Once again, I grew up, uh, you know, Mr. Mrs. Hawkins has watched me grow up uh, my whole life, too. So uh, the other thing we want to shout out to, and I know he's not watching because he's in the middle of nowhere, but to our dear friend uh, Bubba. Happy birthday, Bubba. It's Happy birthday, birthday, DW. 41. Yeah. He joined the 41 Club. He's the last of us. Right. So this was a day. This was a day, man. We had things to – we had shout-outs to do, anniversaries and birthdays. Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, we, we wouldn't be me if we didn't talk about Splash Mountain. For those of you who don't know, Disney has uh, announced that their very popular ride in both the Magic Kingdom and Disneyland, Splash Mountain, will be rethemed to – the Princess and the Frog. The way I'm going to tie this back, for people who don't know the controversy around this, Disney has said they had planned this for a year. Kind of makes sense. There's not a whole lot of Tiana uh, presence in any of the parks. So, and Splash Mountain really would be the easiest to convert without, they don't have a lot of space, so they're not creating necessarily new rides in these parks. Splash Mountain is the easiest to convert. The, the big thing is, Splash Mountain, whether or not people know it or not, was based off of the cartoon short inside the very controversial Disney film, The Song of the South, based on the stories that were the Uncle Remus stories, which were stories which were, you know, African-American folklore, slave folklore, if we're being quite honest, uh, that were taken, written by a white man, and published, and he made a crap ton of money out of it. And so, and then while Disney loved the Uncle Remus stories growing up, he wanted to make a movie out of it. He made Song of the South. Realistically, the live action part of the movie is pretty boring. Definitely not truly representative of what it was like uh, to be a slave uh, in the South. And although the animated part was pretty popular, story of Bear, 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 Rabbit, and Bear Fox, uh, it's, it's part of it. So I, and the way I'm going to tie this to Turkey Pacific before I get your opinion on it, and I'm perfectly fine with the change. Everybody knew it was coming. I knew this was a questionable thing years ago because when I knew they were watching Splash Mountain, back in the 90s, the 80s and the 90s, Disney used to do grand events. Like in the middle of the day, 5 o'clock in the afternoon when they're going to open a park, it was broadcast or open a ride that it was broadcast across the country. And I was sitting at Mike Dolan's house. And we were watching the opening of Splash Mountain. And even then, as somebody who had seen the Song of the South in the theater on one of its final re-releases, I knew, man, what a weird, strange movie to base an entire ride off of. You know, like, these were not characters that were stuck big in the Disney lexicon. The bear, 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 rabbit, bear, fox, not huge in the Disney lexicon. With that said, I love the ride. I think Splash Mountain is a great ride. It's got a good dip. 
none of that's going to change. It's just the inside theming. It was time, more so than anything, if you're not going to release the movie, you can't have a write about a movie that you're generally my perception. What do you think of what they're going to do with Splash Mountain, Dave? Well, I am a huge fan of Princess and the Frog, so I am all about them changing it. What I was not expecting was that people are losing their fucking minds about changing it over to Princess and the Frog. Like, what? I don't understand what the big deal is. They, they redo their rides quite a bit. Right. So it's not like it's an un- unprecedented event where they change it. Look at the Tower of Terror in Disneyland. They turned it into the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Right. And, you know, people were maybe a little bummed out, but it's still exactly the same ride, except for now it's fitted out with Guardians of the Galaxies up. Splash Mountain still going to be Splash Mountain. And I right. think uh, Princess and the Frog is a far superior movie to uh, Song of the South. So. Yeah, it's just yeah. on basis of movie. Yeah, it's a far superior. Uh, and here is something that when people don't understand where we talk about like race relations or how we kind of pacified things over this year, let me give you a Disney example. I was a Jungle Cruise skipper. They, in Orlando, Florida, removed the skipper's guns from shooting at animatronic hippos 20 years before they decided, hey, maybe we should take this racist movies theming of this mountain down. So PETA got better calls out, and it was more of a priority because people didn't like the guns and the shooting at fake hippos. That was done 20 years ago. So we have to understand, guys, We NASCAR just got rid of the stars and bars, man. All of these things, times are coming. We got to the point. We got here. You know, we, it was the thing people kept pushing off. Welcome to it. It's here. That's our big political thing, at least for the start. I'm sure we may have one at the end, especially talking about Aurora, and especially with the mural that you have in your background. Uh, unless you want to knock it off here and then go into it. Yeah, well, I think it, it would probably be better at the end because we're going to be talking all about Aurora and uh, the young man who uh, is on the mural behind me is uh from aurora and he was tragically killed uh for really no reason uh other than uh he was black and right. he had the audacity to fucking open his mouth and tell the cops that he wasn't doing anything wrong and they lost their minds and and uh wrestled in the ground and fought with him and then uh paramedics got there and pumped him full of ketamine enough ketamine for a 200 plus pound man. And this dude's a 140 pounds and it sent him his heart into cardiac arrest. And he died literally for no reason, for no fucking reason. This guy died. So, um, I, so I, I told you we we're going to talk about the end, but there's really no reason to talk about the end. Cause I'm already talking about it now. No, no. And, and if you haven't watched the video, if you haven't, if people haven't seen the video, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking, man. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, at one point he's like, he's like, I love you guys, man. He like, like, don't do this. Why are you doing this? And I mean, this is another thing that we have to be open to hearing what what is being said out there. You know what I mean? Not enough listening, a whole lot of talking. Yeah, and um, what's encouraging is that uh, for a year, like I had never heard the story, and I followed the news pretty closely, um, and I had never heard the story. And then everything that happened with George Floyd, um you know, it started bringing up uh, a lot of these other incidents. And then I 
heard about Elijah's story and it really pissed me off. And especially since we're from Aurora and this happened in our own backyard. Right. Um, so, um, you know, I've really been champion trying to help get some justice for Elijah. And um, finally governor Polis came out this week and said, he's going to reopen the investigation and he's going to appoint a special prosecutor. So hopefully there is a little bit of justice. Cause I yeah. just, man, this whole this kid didn't deserve it. And his family didn't deserve any of this. He was, uh, at the store, it, it, very similar to Trayvon Martin, where he like went to a convenience store to grab some refreshments, and then when he left, he was profiled, and he was ultimately killed because he was profiled. So, as a you know, as people have said, if you listen to the community, you follow the protests. He was guilty of one of the biggest sins apparently right now, and it was walking while black, and so that. It, it's unfair in America is, is changing and people don't like it. Um, while we're at it, we have Betsy, your mom's here, Dave. She's in the chat room of the Mile High podcast and uh, our friend, Jen. Jen. Betsy, hey, what's welcome, going on, welcome. guys? Yeah, okay. glad you could be here. Happy live. anniversary, mom. Yeah, happy anniversary, Betsy. Um, yeah, we're all over the page. We're all over, like, yeah. everywhere. Oh, you're on Trekkie Pacific. Okay, I was on my podcast. Okay, so next thing. Uh, we kind of talked about uh, – we didn't really talk about what we've been up to. Have you been up to anything that is worth bringing yeah. up? I haven't been. Well, you know, being back to work is kind of what I've been up to. So uh, Colorado is kind of like this bubble right now where all the states around us are blowing up with positive corona cases, but Colorado seems to be – uh, staying pretty level, if not going down still. And so um, life is kind of returning a little bit more normal to my store. So um, just kind of opening up more and more things for my customers to come back. It's really great to see um, all these familiar faces and uh, get to interact with them. I've missed them over the last few months. And I'm glad to see that pretty much all my customers have come through pretty healthy. And that's kind of what I've been up to. I'm doing a lot of uh, writing right now. I just started a new novel. Nice. Um, I just had uh, another one published that we can talk about later. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of writing, a lot of podcast stuff, and then working to pay the actual back bill. in the world with everybody else. Yeah. Now, are you guys? Uh, are you guys uh, are takeout only? Uh, well, yes, um, but my patio is open, and uh, we just got the okay to open up the cafe for cafe seating, which okay. is pretty cool because it's there's no Starbucks right now in Colorado that is open for cafe seating. So I'll be the only one, which is kind of, you know, helpful for me because my business is way down. Where people, so if people really want to come sit, they need to come sit at your Starbucks. That's exactly. the Starbucks they need to and Wear your fucking mask though, man. If you're going to come into my store and sit down and have coffee, like at least wear your mask going in and like take your mask off, enjoy yourself, enjoy right. the air conditioning and the Wi-Fi. And then when you leave, put your fucking mask back on. And if you're going to come into my store and order and take out, just wear your mask. I mean, like, you're, you're with a mask for less than two minutes when you come in, order, pick up your shit, and go. Like, less than two minutes. Just put on your mask, man. Right. Right. You know, we uh, – yeah, I think, I think it's crazy. I think this battle against the mask are crazy. Very reasonable people. I, reasonable people. People I find to be smart are starting to buy into this mask is dangerous or you bullshit and it's just it's and people are getting days. complacent they they're like you know they're over it so i mean i get this all day like oh, i forgot my mask at home I'm like how do you every place 
ask you to have it. Some places require you to have it. Like, how do you forget right. your mask at home? It, like, you're right. you like an order from your car, man. Like, <laughs> come to a pickup window. Yeah. Uh, what are you smoking? Man, so this is the first time I have been back to Rocky Road since quarantine and my dog ate my license and everything. Um, so the lady, uh, real nice lady, not the old lady who I love, but another old lady. Um, There's a lot of old ladies nice. at Rocky Road. Another, in, uh, I got some chem dog, and she hooked me up with some real potent stuff. And uh, so Rocky Road, haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, it has been a uh, – we haven't said Rocky Road in a while. I don't change because – I become accustomed. I'm at a Gotti, and I'm smoking Lilac Diesel because I walk in and I tell that guy, I'm like, give me the best sativa that you enjoy the most. So, um, and, and weed really has become the new Starbucks, man. It's like once you find a place that you are comfortable, um, you build a little bit of rapport with the people behind the counter. You're like, I don't want to go anywhere else. Right. Like, like one of the fun things that we used to do. Uh, when we first started the show was like we would travel all around Denver and go to different shops and get different stuff. And that was a lot of fun, but life just kind of gets in the way. And I don't have a lot of time to go all over God's creation to find a, a, a new store to go to. So I will go to a tried and true place that has great service and great product. And just like I do with coffee. Right. Right. You need a, you well, yeah, of course you're going to go to where, uh, you like you like the people. When I was living in Aurora, I would go to uh, the one over next to the old Albertsons at Isla from Buckley. Uh, yeah, light shade. Light shade. Yeah, I like light shade. I like yeah, the people that's there. where I have most of my stuff is from that one. And I have a light shade, like literally a quarter of a mile down from my house. But I will go to the one on Isla from Buckley because I like them better. Same yeah. product, but just the people behind the counter, I, I think, are a little bit nicer. Right. Um, so we're, we're going to talk real quick about what we watched actually in my, as far as I was, the girls touched on it. So I, I, uh, or the ladies, I'm sorry. I'll let you tell me what you watch. And then actually, uh, your dad pointed out something that I want to get to at in the Mahai, uh, podcast chat room. Perfect. So what have you been watching? Yeah. So, um, I got a chance to watch a few movies and a few shows over the last few weeks because uh, we've been off for a while, and so I've accumulated stuff to watch. Um, so I've been going through Shit's Creek. We're up to season four of Shit's Creek, and that fucking show is amazing. Sure. It just keeps getting better and better. Um, yeah. But we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, season six hasn't been loaded up on Netflix, so we're about three-quarters of the way through uh, season four. So we know that the end is coming pretty quickly. Uh, we're bummed out about that, but we've been watching a lot of Shit's Creek. Uh, we've been watching Upload on Amazon, which has been yep. great. Uh, yep. A really great Greg Daniels show. So Greg Daniels, who created King of the Hill and The Office. Um, great show. Uh, his other show, Space Force, uh, I totally shit on it the first time that we talked about it. But then after that first episode, th that show got really great. So Space Force. Was uh, that, it, that's I watched the first episode last night, so I hope so, because after the first episode, I was like, this cast is way too talented to be give me a mediocre show. It wasn't bad. It was mediocre. No, and and you know, when I talked about it on the, the last show, it was I had just watched the first episode, and really what saved that episode was Steve Carell singing and dancing at the end. Um, right. He saved that whole episode, but then the show gets much, much better as the the season goes on and it's a pretty quick season. Um, 
but a couple movies I've watched that uh, have just blown my mind. Uh, the okay. first one is The Hunt, which is uh, the movie that was cr- uh, produced by Blumhouse Productions about right. a group of elite liberals that hunted a bunch of uh, Trump deplorables. Um, Trump got real shitty about the concept of this movie without having seen it. And so it got shelved for a while and then finally came on demand. And um, I watched it and it was a really good, like, um, it was a really good horror movie. Blumhouse movies are just fucking, they're leading in horror movies right now. And this was a really good movie. It uh, pulled a mirror up to both sides, both the left and the right, and kind of uh, satired both of them. Uh, it, it was just a good, fun, shooting, shoot 'em up kind of horror movie. So that was really good. Um, but the movie that blew my mind the most and that um, has really stuck with me is this documentary called Tread, T-R-E-A-D. Okay. And uh, James, you will remember this story, but I don't know if our folks outside of Colorado will. In 2004, a guy named Marvin Hemeyer, who lived up in Granby, um, was having a property dispute, and he built himself a tank and oh, yeah. bulldozed the entire town of Granby before he ultimately got stuck and then shot himself. Um, but the tread is the movie, because um, Marvin Hemeyer uh, recorded a bunch of cassette tapes um, talking about his motive and the process that he went through to build this tank. And he says one side of the story, um, and he had this property dispute with some of the elite class there in Granby, and they have their own side of the story. And of course, with any documentary, the truth is somewhere in the middle, but I'm just kind of seeing this guy, like he had everything. He was very successful. He's wealthy. Um, He barely worked. He owned a muffler shop, but he barely worked because he's snowmobiling all the time. But he was so, um, like, upset about this property dispute that he built this killdozer and went through the town and just were destroying buildings, running through them. And uh, I remember that. It's amazing that nobody was killed. And I have family that lives up there still to this very day. Um, and they remember it, um, that Marvin Hemeyer was a pretty good dude, but he just fucking snapped. And then he just built this killdozer. So... Um, highly recommend it. It's only like 99 cents on Amazon, which is a fucking steal because it's a great, great documentary. I definitely recommend it for everybody. All right. We will have, that will definitely be, and it's not called Killdozer. It's called Tread, right? Tread, yeah. You probably should have called it Killdozer. That sounds better. Um, Okay. Uh, So I'll actually, I'll tell you a couple of things that I've been watching, but uh, Jen in the chat pointed out, she said, you got to tell me that, we watch what we do in the shadows. Now, here's my thing. Oh, I love that show. I, uh, there you go. See, and I was going to say, I have not seen the movie. I'm not going to start the show until I've seen the movie. The f- yeah, it's one of those, it, listen, it took me five years to see being John Malkovich. And then I, I literally wrote a Facebook post one day, and I was like, hey, everybody, or a MySpace maybe at the time, I was like, everybody who likes great movies and told me to watch being John Malkovich, I am sorry I blew you off. You were right. This was a great movie. I want to see what we do in the shadows. I'm super cheap and it's not on any of the streaming services, but you watch it. You see the movie and you watch the show. Do you like yeah, it? I think they're actually available on you on Hulu. So you might be able to catch those on Hulu, but okay. you honestly, but not the movie, but you don't, this is the thing is you don't really need to see the movie to see the show there. Um, it's kind of the same style. It's a mockumentary type of style and it's produced by Taika Waititi and, 
Um, I, I'm the other guy who is losing my mind, the guy who played the crab in Moana. I forgot okay. his name. But uh, they were both in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. And the movie was brilliant, and it was great, and I loved it. Um, but the show isn't the same characters. They're different characters. It's still that mockumentary vampires living in modern-day America kind of style. Um, so you don't okay. actually need to watch the movie. You just watch the show. And it's a, it's a brilliant show. It's really funny. There you go. All right. Well, I'm going to have it's, – it's been on my list. It's something I'm going to check out. Um, so and, – and Jen's saying the same thing. She's never seen the movie. But the show is awesome. So that can roll into it. Uh, a show I did start watching is I watched the first episode of Perry Mason, the HBO Perry Mason. That is not your grandmother's Perry Mason. It is kind of dark. It's uh, it's it's very noir. Like it's it's very he's gritty, man. Like this is this is all the dirty shit that had to happen to Perry Mason uh, for him to become Perry Mason. So like, there's like sex and alcoholism and dead babies. Like it's everything you want minutes. in a show. It's, 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 yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see how Matlock started. Um, the, the other thing, I have been watching uh, upload Robbie Amell, who is the Green Arrow's little brother, is really, really good in that show. He's a, he's a great actor. I agree with you. Upload's worth it. I zoomed through that in no time at all. It, it, was, it was a show that made me want to watch the next episode. Uh, other than that, I watched the Jeffrey Espen documentary on netflix the jeffrey that was, one? yeah that was creepy you know it was the continuation of like it's fa- it was fascinating how it was like an organizational thing like every person told the exact same story because he did it the exact same way because he found a way it worked and he just kept doing it that was you know four episodes it's hard to listen to but it's it's, it's a fascinating story and then the movie that i watched just recently was hide and seek yeah, Which I heard you say about that. It's yeah, yeah. It was a good. It was like a much more fucked up knives out. If you could almost, you know, I like. I'll tell you this: the problem I had with hide and seek is the problem that I have with Cabin in the Woods, and I love Cabin in the Woods. You know, so there are the the any issue that I had with Cabin in the Woods, I would apply the same kind of things bothered with hide and seek. So. Yeah. Kevin in the Woods, also a great movie. Yeah. No, I love Kevin in the Woods. So did um, you see um, the King Stan Island? Because I know the, the ladies talk yes, about it. But yes, uh, I, I want to hear you. I love, T- I love uh, Judd Apatow. He's one of my idols. And uh, I know uh, Pete Davidson worked uh, really hard with them on this sh- on this movie. And I heard it was pretty damn good. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, it gave me another new level of respect for Pete Davidson. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's Judd Apatow, but it's him. Closer freaking geeks, kind of like it's not. Don't think you're going to go see a you know a, a classic. This is it's a good story. It's a very for parents. I think it's an enjoyable story for anybody who felt really lost growing up. It's kind of an enjoyable story, um, but if you lived in New York, if you lived in the New York, New Jersey area for any amount of time, if you know Staten Island, if you know, it's a good movie. It's, it's a worthwhile time. 
there is a point in the movie where you're like, oh, the movie's over. Oh no, there's another 40 minutes in the movie. It's 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 structured a little weird, but the acting's great, the story's great. Marissa Tomei, they tried to make look uh, like she was old, but you know, she's still Marissa Tomei. She's still Marissa Tomei. Yeah, um, yeah, no. So King of Staten Island, absolutely worthwhile. Really good. Pete Davidson, really good. A lot of really great laugh out loud moments. A lot of a lot of sad moments, so it's a good balance. Um, so let's go into growing up on Truckee Pacific. I explained to you what the streets were and everything. Uh, what your dad actually pointed out in here, and it was it was a second I had thought of, uh, is that we always kind of had harmony between the races. We always listen. When I was a young kid, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, and Memphis has a lot of Southern towns and quite honestly, Eastern towns and like Western big cities is, was both segregated by the government and as time went on, became self-segregation to a certain degree with redlining and everything like that. So there was not a whole, people may have worked with somebody of a different race, but they didn't live next to them. You know, it's Chicago. You know, everybody worked in the city, but you had Irish, the Irish area, the black area, the Hispanic area. I mean, people just did that. And so the interesting thing about growing up specifically, and it wasn't all of Aurora. Let me say Aurora is not like this huge multitude of diversity and everything. But on our streets, on Truckee Pacific, you know, uh, we had uh, people of all races, My, you know, it was Darius, it was Monique and the Mania girls, you know, it was you, me, Dolan, Joel, you know, we, it was never, race was not something that was discussed within the children of that neighborhood. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It was looked uh, at. You know, we, we all moved in within like a few months of each other and we were like three years old. And so we were we didn't know any different at least i didn't i didn't know any different so you know my first best friend was black and his father was a vietnam war veteran and um his mom was from eastern europe and like you said we had hispanic folks that lived across the street up the street we had no upper class middle upper middle class we had lower middle class i mean we had everybody in our neighborhood and our schools reflected that as well. I mean, we went to three very diverse schools. And I think um, part of the fact that I am as like feminist as I am today, as uh, I'm racially conscious as I am today, I think a lot has to do with my, the fact that my parents were pretty liberal with that kind of stuff growing up, but also with the, uh, uh, our surroundings. Like, like I said, I didn't know any better. I didn't know that um, people were really, I was ignorant to the fact that people were judging other folks, like black folks by the color of their skin, where we just grew up with them and they were just our friends. And right. they're kids we played with on the street or played football with. Like, we didn't really know any better. So, um, you know, I think a lot of my worldview today was shaped by the fact that we lived in such a diverse uh, neighborhood growing up. See, and the interesting thing about that is, uh, because I went back to Tennessee every summer and because I specifically came from the South, uh, 
I did know that other people were being treated like that on a regular basis. I saw it. My parents didn't hide the fact of where they, you know, where they came from, you know, they wanted to get out of it because of the racism. They wanted to move west. They couldn't deal with it anymore. They wanted diversity. They didn't want, you know, me to be in a school of all white kids or in a school where I was the only white kid with all black kids. Uh, it was, they wanted to get out. They believed there was something better. They stopped in Colorado Springs. They didn't quite get what they initially expected in Colorado Springs. It was a very white town. But even our schools weren't overly diverse. I, I got to tell you, when I lived back east in New Jersey, some of those school districts, super diverse. You know, California, school districts, super diverse. We, we had a better base of like, I, you know, I, I don't think – it wasn't the most diverse area, but our neighborhood, our neighborhood specifically, the way we all grew up, you could, if that was, you could have bottled that little area and the interactions between children, you know, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Once you got outside of that area, and once we all got out, we all dealt with it in different ways. You know, oh. Jerry's moving me to Florida. And once we were out of the bubble of that neighborhood, it was, <laughs> it was a completely different experience, you know? Were you uh, surprised at how different it was when you got down there? Um, no. Like I said, I, I spent a lot of time in the South. You know what I mean? I, uh, it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not Deep South. And nothing's wrong with the Deep South. I love, I have a bunch of friends in the Deep South and everything, but late 80s, 90s, and 2000s, and, and to this day, I mean, if we're real honest, there is a portion of the South that they, they're they just racist. I mean, they just are. You know what I mean? I, oh, yeah. I You want – they just are. They, they, it's not the people who try to – it's very Christian, too. Very Christian, very racist. That's my – there's a Six Flags over. Jesus down South. My That's where my family's from. My – Family are big Democrats in Tennessee, which is not a very popular thing to be. But hey, I'm from Tennessee. I have some horrible blemishes on my family tree, and so that's just what it is. Um, but we weren't going to talk about race. We were talking about us growing up. It was just interesting because we did. We grew up in a really diverse neighborhood. But you no, know, Dave and I—we've known each other since the first day of kindergarten. Yeah, thirty-eight years, man. Yeah. Thirty-eight years. And we still come up with shit to talk about every week. Yeah. I think that's the most impressive thing about our show. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I think that like the great thing is, is like we have experiences when we pull from past experiences, it's always good to have somebody else who knows those past experiences, you know, who knows you through all those times and makes it easier to talk. So... Absolutely. I feel like, yeah. Sorry, I was checking the chat room. I got, I got distracted with my – I kind of trailed off. Um, but who is, who is Jennifer Tran? I do not – that name does not she, recall. We went to she knows school. us. Yeah, no, we went to school with her. Uh, Hi, her Jennifer. Name. Sorry if I don't know you. No, you would know her. Uh, Morgan. Morgan is her maiden name. Jennifer Morgan. So. Well, hello, Jennifer Morgan Tran. Welcome to the Mahai Podcast. So, uh, but 
yeah, so it was it was weird. We uh, growing up in Truckee Pacific, it was a cool neighborhood. It, it really lucked out that most of the kids were in within the same age. Like your sister was older than all of us, but you know, me, you, and Day, Darius, and Monique, and Dolan, and we were all right around the same age. Joel, Nicole, who lived in Joel's house before Joel lived in Nicole's house. Yeah. Nicole was the first fight that I think all three of us had together. Because she was the only girl. She was pretty cute for early middle school. And we all were like mad at each other because we all took our turn like kind of going out with her having a crush on her and we all that was like our first uh our first time that we got all uh angry at each other it was over nicole well yeah she was a fiery she was a red-headed girl man redheads are nothing but trouble i agree with um, that a hundred percent being a redhead myself yeah she's she was like little orphan annie she had red curly hair <laughs> that's all i remember about her. and we used to go down to hickory ridge where we could swim in their pool. I, we, we grew up, we lived so close to Rangeview over the weekends at Rangeview High School, you could go and pay like $2 and swim in the pool that our high school had. And I did that a lot. There's another thing that we did a lot, which when you put up that picture of the theater, it, I have such indelible in, uh, memories in my head of us sneaking out at a, like eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. And for some reason, Rangeview didn't lock their doors. And so we would go in and completely pull a breakfast club where we just like start walking around the halls of the dark school. And there's like, there'd maybe be a janitor there, but we used to always go into the theater and go under the stage or go walk up on the catwalks and shit. Sure. And uh, that was a great time. I, I can't, I, I can't imagine anybody leaving a, a whole high school unlocked and letting kids just walk around on like a Saturday night. Well, but we did. Were, it was a fuck ton of fun, man. I enjoyed the shit out of that. They didn't let people. They didn't let us walk around. We stuck around. I'll tell you what the stupidest thing. I don't know if you remember what we used to do, but we used to go to the top of the bleachers uh, outside of the football field in Rangeview. And it was like those old cement bleachers that went up. Yeah. Like you always see in like, Rydell Highs type things. The very back of it was a chain link fence. And that chain link fence would have to be, I don't know, 30 feet off the ground, at least. The back of that, the back of the bleachers, 30 to 40 feet off the ground. And we as kids, and I don't know, I know I did it quite a few times. I'm sure we stupidly got you to do it. But we would climb up the side of it. And then we would walk along, we would go along the chain link fence on the back. And there was no room for your feet. I'm talking like. Inches. You're on the edge of a building. And if you slip, yeah. you're toast. Because, yeah, we were like 10 years old doing this shit. Right. We weren't right. brilliant for uh, 10 years old. I'm no. sure there's a lot of dumb kids at 10 years old, but we were pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, they play video games nowadays. We were, we were literally climbing. And I, and I look back at that nowadays and I think, holy crap. I would never, oh my God, what would happen if I fell off of that? You know, but when you're a kid. You I'd have to have a different that. co-host because I don't think you would have made that fall. No, no. No, yeah, no. There was, especially the center part. Like there were two parts where it was like elevated and it had like a garden and the fall was maybe like 19 feet. You know, maybe 20 feet. Like, yeah, like you could probably have fallen, kind of hurt yourself rolling down the hill, probably live. But there's that, there was that center stretch. 
over the equipment door where uh, it, was, it was 30 to 35 feet and it went straight down. So, so I will tell you right now that I am horribly afraid of heights, like really afraid of heights, man. So that was part of it that, you know, I, cause I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to climb there, but everybody else was. And so I couldn't, I couldn't fucking let you guys go and have all the glory and me not sure. do it. But that shit was scary. Yeah. And then like not long after that, I got stuck up on top of Darius's house and I could not get down to save my life. My mom had to come <laughs> and rescue me. She had, luckily my dad was out of town or he would have like really flipped out. But my mom had to fucking come rescue me from the roof of DW's house. And I have been fucking horrified of heights ever since, man. So See, I'll tell you what. Traumas. Yeah. See, I never, I never learned with Rage You. Actually, so Darius and I, our eighth grade summer, DW, whatever, he's not watching it. <laughs> he's never going to watch it. If he does whatever, That's text fair. me, Darius, and let me know. That's a fair point. <clears throat> we wish him a birthday, and he's never going to check it out. So, <laughs> But with that said, so we were uh, – it was the summer of our eighth grade year. We were going to go to Rangeview, as was uh, seen behind us the next year. And Darius and I went down there, and we were pulling on doors trying to get in because, like Dave said, we, it was weirdly always unlocked. It was not really a secure place to be. And it was always uh, the door doors the were field. open. Yeah, it was always the door yeah. by the football field. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's how you, that was the easiest way in and out. And it was usually sports-based. Thing. But everything was shut down. So we were actually – it's like a Sunday. We're climbing on top of where the uh, science lab is. And they used to have, like uh, – it was just that outside brick area with wood slots on the top because we were doing something outside. I don't know. It was something that it was just – so we were like, we could just climb on the top of this. and what we can do from there so you get up to the top of it and this car pulls up and starts honking and starts walking up and this guy this jackass comes up he's like what are you guys doing here and we're like oh we're just you know hanging out climbing on wall he's like you can't be climbing on like well whatever man what are you gonna do about it he's like you need to come with me and we're like all right i'll come with you and then he walks up he takes his keys out of his pocket and he unlocks the front door of the high school on a Saturday. And he walks us into this office. He sits us down and he calls Darius' dad, and my mom. And uh, he was like, hello, this is Mark Stein. Oh, you got Principal at Ridgeview <laughs> High School. We never met the guy. You know, we were going there next year. Man, Darius like, got in so much trouble. Like, I don't remember which was worse. I think... I don't know if – I think my mom came to pick me up, and Darius's dad said, no, let him walk home. And I, there was something about him, like, oh, he's in worse trouble than I am. Like, my mom – I don't know. It was, I just felt like I was like, ah, oh. my mom would have said, let me walk home. We would have been in some real trouble there, and I was. And to Mark Stein's credit, I'm there for freshman orientation two months, three months later, and he straight up sees me. Mr. Castellan, how are you doing? Been climbing on any schools lately? I'm like, man, dude, are you kidding me? It's the it's not even the first day of school. It's freshman orientation. How do you remember that shit? So, yeah, yeah. I 
I like Steiner okay. I I did not have a, a good high school experience, but I like Steiner okay. Uh, my my memory of Steiner was I was part of the the newspaper, the Raider Review, if you will, right. and I loved the newspaper. That was I football and the newspaper were like the only two things that I enjoyed about high school. I can't remember really any of the teachers. I can't remember um, really any like other friends other than like our core group of friends that we grew up with. But the Raider Review, uh, because my talent, obviously, you know, I don't, I don't consider myself <coughs> talented in much, um, but uh, I'm a good writer. And so being able to write on this newspaper and then that was the first time that I really got like notice for stuff like um, uh, nominated for awards and shit. That was the first time was in newspaper and the other time was in football. Um, and so where was I going with this? Oh, the Raider Review. Um, when I was with uh, the newspaper was when we had the meningitis outbreak at our oh, yeah. school. Um, unfortunately, one kid lost their life um, and another girl almost died, which uh, is one of Darius's neighbors um, from when he was growing up. And so there was this meningitis outbreak. So take COVID-19, but just compact it into the school setting. Like they sent us home. Um, they you know, like made us shots. take this, like they either had a shot or they gave you these pills. And so, uh, you know, I took the pills that turned your piss bright orange. Um, but I was literally the only reporter. So we had all the news channels out here and all the reporters from the, all the, the two newspapers that we had. And I was literally the only reporter in the state of Colorado that got to talk to principal Stein. And so like I would go and like these reporters would ask me questions like, Hey, um, can you go, can you ask this question? And so I would go in and I sat down with Steiner for like 15, 20 minutes, asked these questions from these reporters. And then I went out and I gave him like, a little debrief on what our conversation was like. And so that was probably one of the cooler things. And Snyder was always real nice to me, but I know a lot of other people really had a different experience with him. Um, he did win principal of the year, like the national principal of the year when we were in high school. And, uh, you know, I had a, a different perspective of Steiner versus some other people. Some other people had, were like really hated him, but I think he was all right. He was, was all right different. Me. I was indifferent on Stein. But the great thing about having your parents showing up in the chat room is, Dave, tell us about your day one of having your driver's license. Yeah, so I got my driver's license. I was driving my mom's beautiful green Volvo that um, – I'm going to reference that movie Tread again, like the big bulldozer. Um, that's kind of like what my mom's Volvo looked like. And so, yeah, I got the driver's license. Um, it was me, Joel, and Darius. We are all going to McDonald's. And I put the car into reverse, and I hit this dude's truck. And uh, luckily, he was this dude I played football with. And his truck was this big old piece of shit truck that had dents and scratches everywhere. So he didn't give it one fuck. Um, but I fucked up my mom's trunk a little bit. So uh, I got home. I uh, sheepishly made, it, I made up some bullshit story that my parents saw right through on. Um, finally came clean. Um, we got it taken care of, uh, but that I will tell you, I'm going to knock on some wood now. That is literally the only car accident I've ever been in. Oh, it was the very first day I had my driver's license ever. So now that I say that I'm going to get fucked in here the next few weeks, someone's yeah. going to totally hit me. I shouldn't have said my anything, but that was like the only accident. It was a good learning curve. 
See, I always think, I think we've all become accustomed to believe that, like, when we say things like that, it's like editing on TV. Like, when I watch, I know you're not big on reality, but I watch Survivor. Whenever anybody's edit is Eric and they're like, I'm owning this game. I'm going to kick everybody's ass. I'm in charge of everything. I'm like, oh, that guy's being bowed out soon. Because his editing is too arrogant, and now the world has to balance it out. Um, so the other story is uh, how Joel almost cut off your thumb with a new knife, which sounds like a very Joel story. It is a very Joel story. So we uh, were hanging out at uh, – so the, the house down the street, like kind of where that curve is, um, right. we had this – girl that lived there she moved off um and crystal. then no it wasn't crystal it was oh. tasha tasha Sheck. i remember oh. um and joel was infatuated with her so we went and hung out with her one night and for some reason joel had my knife like my parents had just bought me this knife and i don't know why they bought it um but they bought it for me nevertheless and i gave it to joel for some reason and we heard a bunch of like footsteps in this house and so like we went to go investigate it we opened up this closet door and Joel like freaked out and like stabbed the, the closet. And then my hand just happened to be there. So he fucking sliced the shit out of my thumb. You can't see it. I still have the fucking scar from when Joel cut my thumb, but I, it didn't hurt. I, when I saw it, I was like, Holy shit. I can see my bone. Right. That, so that was my, I've, that was my, I never, it never really hurt. I was more in like intrigued. Like I can see my bone and my blood vessels and shit. And that was a weird experience. And then like, that was a weird, that was a, a shitty phone call. I had to call my parents twice uh, that summer. One was uh, because I was in the hospital. And imagine getting that phone call at like one o'clock in the morning. Like, oh, your son's in the hospital. He his friend almost cut his thumb off. But the other one <laughs> was sucks. I took, that same girl stole her parents' minivan. And I was the only one that had a driver's license at this time. So they're like, Let's go to Taco Bell at two o'clock in the morning. So we did. And we got a cop pulled us over in the drive-thru of Taco Bell. And we were, you know, 16 years old and the van was registered as stolen. And I was driving a stolen minivan without knowing it. And I was in a world of trouble. And uh, Joel's girlfriend at the time tried to throw me under the bus saying that I stole it until eventually I'm like, no, that's not at all what happened. And finally she came clean, but I had to call my parents. The, I think the police called my parents at two o'clock in the morning. Like, Hey, come pick up your dumbass kid. Who's at Taco Bell at two o'clock in the morning, driving a stolen minivan. I have a stolen minivan at two o'clock in the morning. That's crazy. I want to throw in a couple quick, just because, and you know, gruesome. I'm sorry that we're talking about, I'm going to throw in a, almost losing a thumb story of my own based out of Aurora and a, and a different story uh, that didn't have an Aurora, but was with a, an Aurora crew. So um, when I was in Boy Scouts or in Cub Scouts, which by the way, my mom was the first female leader in all of Colorado. She was the first female leader in all of Colorado. Yeah. I, and I was a part of their troop. I was right. part of the Scouts troop. That's how close we were. We were all yeah. in. Everybody was in. And you may have, you may have been, there this day i don't remember if you were but spencer spencer was the the smallest of all the kids but he was scrappy and we went to mcdonald's to get ice cream and uh we're all 
all standing, standing around. And then all of a sudden, Spencer comes out because he went to go to the restroom. And he's holding onto his thumb. And he's like, Miss Laura, Miss Laura. He's like, he's like, oh, uh, I was I there. I oh, yeah, the I remember that. Yeah. And he's like, he, he, he needs to go to the hospital. And it was like, hang, it was just dangling. It was like one piece of skin holding it up. And to this day, I'm scared of those doors because the discussion yeah. and the argument was like, those were the heavy ass McDonald's doors, like bathroom doors. For some reason, like for a long time, people felt like bathroom doors needed to sh- be super heavy and shut with like the most massive amount of force possible. And so if you got your thumb stuck in there, it was going to, especially if you're a little guy, it was going to crack off. Like I was scared of doors for the longest time, yeah. like especially specific, specifically those heavy ass bathroom doors. Second story, and the reason I know how it doesn't hurt to be cut by a blade is because, once again, now living with Darius down in Florida, having a great time. We're just fucking around, talking shit, and messing around. And he has one of his knife. He has one of his swords, and I don't know what was when we. He was like, "Get out, get out!" Like you know, he's like, "Get out of my room, get out of my room!" Just like kind of give me shit. I don't know what made me think a great idea was to grip on to the end of the sword, but I did. No. And then he yanked it back, and it oh, did. It just slips yeah. through, like, four different, you know, fingers. And it wasn't deep because I didn't grab it hard. It was more of a joke grab. Like, I was just circling it, and I cut it and took it enough. But damn be if you're right, like, getting sliced by a blade. When you see it in the movie when somebody gets sliced, and they're like, oh, oh, now I know it's bad. Because sometimes if you get cut – you don't know, especially by a sharp, good blade, until you see it. You're like, oh, my God, what's happening? Why do I have so much blood? That's, so Okay, you're a topper because that story beats my story any day. That's because it was more fingers, you know. That's the only thing that makes it different. Um, the truth is, here's the thing. Like, you know what? We, we were one of the first couple classes to go through Vassar. We were one of the first – few classes to go through projects we range you we really grew up around a neighborhood it's a cool neighborhood to grow up you know trucking pacific has a lot of stories and a lot of people in trucking pacific have gone on to do amazing things you know and i'm still waiting for us to go off and do amazing things when is our chance oh we're always doing amazing things that's the thing i've realized over times is that whatever we do turns out being amazing so but yeah, unless you have another big story, I think I think we'll open it up because we have people out here. Maybe we can open it up into. Uh, See, uh, we're making Jennifer Tran very sick, but with our stories of slicing and dicing that we've been having. Yeah, so it, it really, Jen, is not normally like this on when we do the show. We don't talk about all that so slicing and dicing. I want to talk about one. So you know, it's summertime now. School's out, right? Um, and. I, we had we kind of had different uh, paths during our summer vacations, but one of the most double memories that I had of growing up in Truckee Pacific was every day we would be playing football on the street for like hours, and then we would go in and like usually we go up to Dolan's house because he always had popsicles, and then after right. we had a popsicle we'd go somewhere and we start playing basketball for the rest of the day, and then we would you know hang out at, at night. Um, and then, like the older, I generally guy, hate sports. <laughs> Just for the record, I always yeah, had. You weren't really much uh, into those uh, football games that we had, but uh, I was the fastest 
in the neighborhood, but you were it didn't matter. I couldn't. So James, so I've always been a big kid. James was kind of a, a big kid too, but he fucking had wheels like nobody else. And this is like with our friend DW, um, who was lean, mean, fine machine, but James could fucking haul ass. But I can't catch a football to save my life. <laughs> like that's the great thing about when you would play football with me. Like it's like, yeah, I'm gonna break away from my defenders, but you've got like a 33 percent chance of me. Catching if I was to catch the football, it's because I've knocked it in the air like six times before I caught it, and then it yeah. So not my thing, but yes, we played lots of sports. I, I, yeah, I not lots of sports, I lots of video games. Generally. When it was too hot to play yeah. outside, we'd go to usually your house because you had more games than the rest of us. Because uh, I hated sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Uh, yeah, usually, uh, you had all in the new games too. I think I played Zelda the first time at your place. I think we played, um, Mario three, the first time at your place. Yeah, no, we would have had, we had all of them like, because I, I mean, it's only half ass joking about the hating sports. I really do hate sports. Uh, and that's why we got video game systems. I, I did. I had the Nintendo. I had the Atari before that. I had a Texas instruments computer, that I know did things other than play uh, freaking Centipede and some other game, but that's all I used it for. A Texas Instruments computer. They make calculators. I bet you didn't even know they made computers. I had one. Yeah, my dad um, worked at the FDIC, and so he'd have to bring his very sophisticated computer home with him, and the screen was like about this big. But he right. had a floppy disk that had Jeopardy and Family Feud on it. And so we would gather around the screen about this big and play Family Feud for the entire weekend while my dad brought that computer home. And then he'd haul it back to work. And then we'd wait for the next time. And this is also the time where we had to rent our VCRs. So, right. uh, you know, we'd play the, the borrowed computer game. And then we would play or watch the Never Ending Story on the rented VHR or VHS. Yeah, you had to rent the VHS, and then you would have to rent the tape on top of it. Yeah, no, that was uh, crazy. I'll tell you what, back to sports, strangely enough. And I tried, man. I went to basketball camp. I went to Big Red Basketball Camp. You were talking? Like, three years. Three years, three summers in a row. Like, and all I remember from it is doing stupid suicides. And I'm like, what is, Why? Why? And they're like, shoot outside of a phone booth. I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> I, I just, but I played. Yeah, I, enjoyed, I, played. I enjoyed high school sports. Uh, one, because we'd have these games on Fridays where, like, oh, we have to travel. So uh, we had to leave school early so we can go travel for this game. And it was, you, you thought you were hot shit because every Friday we got to wear our football jersey and there's bright red. And we'd get up and we'd like, Sorry, kids. Enjoy the rest of your class. I'm gonna go play football. But the the shitty thing about that was we always lost. I think we won two games my senior year, and uh, it was still fun. Yeah, the the guys I played football with were really pretty cool dudes. Um, I don't really hang out with or talk to many of them except for my buddy Sean, uh, Sean Harrison, who's kind of like a Rangeview celebrity at that time. Um, but he's like the only dude I hang out with uh, from football. But it was a good time. I had good memories of football. Growing up, every body. time we'd have conditioning camp, like two weeks before school start, uh, we would have conditioning camp. 
And if you didn't throw up, then you weren't running fast enough or running hard enough. Sean Harrison was student council president. He was. He, he, yeah. he was very He borrowed petty. a dress from Anthony and I to wear over his neck because Anthony and I always had stupid shit that we took out of the costume. Yeah, Sean Harrison, we had, we had a good time. That was the same year that Anthony and I ran around with maybe it was dresses in one of the pep assemblies or we were dressed as something stupid. We had a big sign on like two like big pieces of wood, like not sign carrying wood. Like this was like lumber that we took out of the prop room and everything. And we were at an assembly, like a pep rally assembly. And we ran around Mark Stein. I think we had invisible mask on or something. And Anthony cut too quick. And so I come around and I just clock Stein. Like, <laughs> with, because I couldn't get past him. The, the thing was already turning. I just, man, he was pissed. Stein was so pissed that that happened. And it really was. It was like the worst pieces of wood that you could use for a giant sign. But, you know, it was there. We were like, you were like, this two by four. This will do good, you know. That'll work. Yeah, you and I had very different high school experiences. Like it oh, seems like you were. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know, Anthony is uh, Hollywood Tony P, who was our first guest of the season. Um, yeah. yeah, and you guys were involved in a lot of theater stuff, and it's it's a very different crowd than like the football crowd, and right. very rarely do those two cultures mix. And so, Chris like, Howard did. Chris Howard, did. Howard yeah, he's the he's the lone exception. I would I would say most of like the the jocks hung out with the jocks, and you know, for as diverse as our school was, in my opinion, uh, we were pretty clicky for sure. But like you were saying, leaving one thing good about leaving class early and like being in sports. The great thing about theater is that you could almost tell any teacher like I got to do this thing for theater, and they'd be like, oh, okay, go do it because they know that you're doing it, especially <laughs> if you worked on like audio or helped in the booth at all. I was like, I had to go program lights in the booth because the show's tonight. And they'd be like, well, you clearly said words I don't understand, so it must be something. It's cadaddle. So, yeah. No, but that's, we had a pretty cool environment to grow up in. It was a good neighborhood. Uh, it was all around enjoyable. Yeah, I think uh, the first few years, like sophomore, uh, freshman, sophomore year, um, we, you and I specifically had kind of like gone our separate ways. And so like we would see each other in the halls, but we didn't really, uh, you know, talk or hang out very much. But when I got hurt in football and I stopped, uh, I had to take a, a year off because I blew out my shoulder in football um, and we started hanging out more and then starting to go up to like Dolan's. Uh, the first time I smoked weed was with you and Darius up at Dolan's house. And this is my junior year when I should have been playing football, but I was injured. And so uh, I had to hang out with you hoodlums and you turned me onto a life of weed smoking. So I'm very grateful for that. But that was when we first reconnected, um, you know, and now here we are how 20 some years later and now we're hosting there was always a centralized, yeah, at, at a certain age, Dolan's Garage became a centralized place of it. That was the place to go. That was yeah. um, pretty much every summer night from age 16 to like 22, we would end up at the Dolan's house. Well, I don't know. I didn't start moving. I, I, it, was, it really wasn't 
until I came back from college, until my life fell apart. <laughs> I didn't start coming up to Dolan's house. But when I did, I came up with a vengeance. I brought Little John up there. I brought the whole crew. I mean, Kathy yeah, was there. Yeah, I brought everybody I could. And it all kind of existed out in that Dolan world, which is so funny. But, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a different world. I didn't really talk to Darius in high school either, you know. And that's part of growing up. I didn't really talk to Monique in high school either. You know, sporadic because – we all knew each other. We knew each other from when we were super duper young. And so to be honest, we kind of knew everything we needed to know about each other. So we just all had to move on and find more interesting stories. So when we hung out again, yeah. we'd have interesting things to say. And not only that, it's like um, we kind of had to find our own way because our whole childhood was spent hanging out with each other and we finally get to high school and there are parties and there are theater companies and groups and there's football. There's, I mean, there's so many things. It's so big going from a middle school to high school. And so it took us a little bit to kind of find our own way. But like you said, it's like, you know, once we have experienced um, the greater world at large to a certain extent, we had more material to come back to. And then like, even to this very day, like when we came back, it was like we navigated straight into pop culture talk. And, uh, you know, we have been talking about the same, literally the same shit since like we were 16 years old um, because that's kind of like that's our common thread. So you, you sure. spent your time in theater and, um, you know, you moved down to Florida with D-Dub and like you have all, your whole life, a whole completely different life. And I went my own path. But one thing that always – brought us together always connected us which is the reason why we started Truckee pacific is because that we still have that common um love of like pop culture and movies video games um i mean that's a common thread and that's something that's really kind of helped bind all of our friendship for so long is because there's always new pop culture stuff and so we always have some fresh to talk about and the time that we spent apart um gave us gave us more material to, to tell stories about because you can only hear right. the same fucking stories so many times but right. i'm still learning new shit about you and, and d-dub and i've known you guys since i was three years old yeah no it's one of those things that um sometimes things just things like that just have to roll sometimes you just have to bounce out and uh come back with new stories and new adventures and we did we all had our own we all had our own adventures and it was, and it's always sporadic throughout the thing, but it was always, there was something about the kids who grew up in the neighborhood. I mean, every one of them, I generally stay in some kind of contact with, you know, sure. except Nicole. I don't, it, yeah. I don't, I have no idea what happened to her, but like yeah, um, the, the young girl and, and her brother that lived next to us, Crystal and Justin, like they were late yeah. additions, but we still consider them part of the, the Truckee Pacific crew. Um, Joel was a late addition. He didn't come until we were sophomores in high school. Maybe a freshman, but uh, he integrated right into it. Like, so much so that Darius lived on his floor for a good amount of time. Um, you know, D-Dub yeah. met his wife at, you know, right next door Pretty to you. Says. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we had all these latecomers, but we all integrated them. And even when people moved away, so Darius moved away uh, when we were – uh growing up and then you know monique left so even the people that left we still kind of held on to because 
we were part of that Truckee Pacific family. Right, right. And you're right. They did leave. Monique did the weirdest thing. Like, Monique left, and then, like, two years, they moved back into the exact same house they moved out of. And maybe I just don't understand, and I never asked later, but I don't think Victor and Nancy, Nance, or Victor and Brenda at that point, necessarily owned that house. So I think they rebought back the house, which is crazy. But they did. They moved back in and only for a little while. But I found that fascinating. But for somebody to move away and to move back in the same house, you know, Darius's family still owned the house. So it wouldn't be weird if he was to uh, hang out. So or, my memory of them, Martin had that monster truck, didn't he? That truck on those big fucking wheels. It was like a, it was um, a blue pickup truck. It was on monster wheels. Yeah, that was that would have been a farther up the street. Martin would have been that would have been the kid across the street from the Mania's house. Oh yeah, had the yeah. Some dude has big ass monster truck that was driving around. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. And they, oh, wasn't Saturday that Jeff's? Morning, that was Jeff's family. Wasn't that Jeff's family? I, don't, I thought was, I thought his name was Martin, but I could be wrong. My memory is for shit. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, uh, Jeff's. Maybe it was the guy who lived right next door to Jeff and Dolan. Anyhow, anyhow. So what I'm doing right now is I just set up the uh, Hangout afterwards. I'm going to post the link at least in, let's see if it works here in the page. So I put it on the chat. You can go in. We'll send a link out on the other page. Uh, this but, is a great opportunity for you guys who are um, texting us and messaging us you know, to actually join the conversation because we'd love to hear your guys' stories about growing up and uh, your experience with Range View. Because uh, we all have different perspectives of what was going on there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be – if you know anything, if you grew up around Aurora, listen, if you're on any of the pages and you just want to come and talk and hang out, go ahead. It's set up. We, we're, we're really excited. It'll be open at 830 um there's no waiting room so you'll just pop in and you'll see people you don't have to turn turn on your camera you can just do audio if you want to but it's a lot of fun we do this a lot yeah see, Dave's here. um dave give us a quick plug because i know you just wrote a short story that you definitely want to play. yes and i'm trying to find my my book cover and i can't find it so i'm woefully unprepared so first of all here's a picture that my my niece drew I just turned in the, the latest book for my Race to Space series, and my niece drew this. She's it's based off of one of my characters um, that's being edited up right now. But uh, I just published a, a short story. It's a COVID COVID nineteen related horror story called Quarantine. Um, it is a, a short story and anthology that I pitched to my publisher that um, they enjoyed. So I'm the first story to be published out of this anthology that's coming. So once again, it's Quarantine. Um, but it's a really cool story because it's about a guy who has the, who's test positive and he starts to get sick and then he starts to experience, um, a haunting in his house and it's written in such a way that you don't really know if it is him, uh, actually being haunted by a ghost or if it's, um, the virus, like starting to play tricks on his mind. So a, a really cool book. It, it's pretty fast. So, you know. You know, probably take you maybe an hour to read. And um, I gave some love to Santori and, and uh, DW in this book. I love to put uh, all my friends into these books. And so 
in my book Caldera that I wrote, I uh, actually killed James off. Unfortunately, he was a, a lone victim fishing it in the middle of the Yellowstone Lake. James. But uh, uh, at least I put you in there, and it was a very memorable scene in that book. So whenever that comes out, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. But I gave some love to Santori and to D Dub in this book. Um, so it's only like you know a couple bucks. Go on Amazon. Go on to Nook. You can go on a Kubo, any of the ebook platforms, and go check it out. It is Quarantine by David Hawk. Quarantine by David Hawk. And then, of course, you want to check out the Mile High podcast that we do weekly. Uh, Santori is, is gone, but he we, it doesn't matter because we all exist in this uh, in this world. Yeah, he'll uh, be with us next week. Whatever. He'll be with us in spirit and on camera. Um, what we are going to work on, my, my plug is, is I'm looking at doing the Skipper Show with Santori once we get him a little bit organized. And I'm, I'm working on writing something for like a docu-review series. I don't know what it's going to be. So I don't want to give you too much. I want to thank everybody in the chat room. Um, I want to thank Jen for stopping by. I want to thank Betsy and Paul and wish you guys a happy anniversary. Darius, I know you're not watching this, but thanks for happy having a fucking birthday. Happy anniversary uh, to these wonderful kids. Happy anniversary. Yeah, uh, you found it. hippies. Yeah, you it back. And then, back. of course, here's here's our shout out. If you want to get a hold of us, go to Facebook at Mile High Podcast. The Mile High Podcast. There's a V. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. So at Facebook at The Mile High Podcast and at Truckee Pacific or Instagram at The Mile High Podcast. And I'm all, I'm all, confu- I, I'm all confused where we're at right now. Look, so, at, look up uh, my High Podcast cast on any platform it's probably us if you see but, my mug you have gone to the right place yeah there you go so, and but this one we know is right if you want to give us money we got this right our venmo is my at mile high podcast or at trucky pacific we like money we're very excited to take it from you and use it for things that we want uh dave i will see you in just a little bit in the uh yeah, man, we have, I have so I have 38 years worth of memories to expunge in the next hour. So I'm excited to uh, join back with you. All right, man. Yeah, it's going to be really good. We'll see everybody in about the next 10 minutes. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a Truckee Pacific production. For sponsorship inquiries and comments, go to the Mile High Podcast at gmail.com.